Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We sure are. Rob Shaw's with us now, political correspondent for Czech News. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Simi. Now, listen, you know, the Start Wars um, auction is getting a lot of attention, but I was thinking you probably wouldn't be interested in this, would you? Because you're more of a Star Trek fan. I appreciate the Star Wars. Yeah, it's just a little, um, yeah, it's a little crowded in the Star Wars field sometimes. So, I, Oh, I and the Star Trek different. field isn't? <laughs> no, it's very, it's very niche, very niche. Oh, is the it? Only people. Yeah. Huh. I, I didn't think that at all, actually. I grew up with Star Trek before Star Wars came along. So did you collect yeah. action figures ever? I They're not action figures. They're limited edition maquettes, uh, and they have a, a, immense value. So I, oh boy. mostly Batman ones, not, uh, <laughs> not Star Trek or Star Wars. And not Trek Wars or Tech Wars, which is a totally different thing with William Shatner. Huh. If you remember that, not good. Okay, I feel like I really stumbled into something here a little more than I had anticipated. (laughs) This sounds like a much larger conversation. (laughs) But we are going to talk about back to school this week, too. So does does everything change focus in Victoria in terms of the politics of things when it's back to week, back to school? For sort of a brief period, yeah, you do see kind of a, a renewed emphasis on usually budgets and things that are set many months in advance, making sure that... Um, you know, the government looks like it is putting enough money into education. Uh, you know, the education budget goes up pretty much every year. BC's added another $600 million to it this year. It's a record almost $9 billion for public and independent schools. Um, but the, what's happening right now is this immense jump in enrollment that is occurring. And we used to talk about school enrollment in BC as declining back in kind of the 2010s. Well, yeah. Uh, at, yeah, and, and you remember schools were closing and they were selling off those school properties, usually to those kind of uh, French uh, districts and, and independent schools were buying them up. Uh, now, though, like under the NDP government, I was just looking at some of the enrollment numbers uh, the other day. And, um, you know, <laughs> BC's enrollment during the time that the NDP will be in power from 2017 until uh, next year's election and if they win re-election beyond that, uh, they are going to see somewhere in, in the realm of like a, a 9% increase in enrollment during those years, which is Crazy. huge. I mean, we're, yeah, yeah we're, we're talking a massive, uh, massive number of, of students. Like there's 8,000 students this year, um, more than last year. And there's another almost 9,000 students next year. And then another 7,000 students after that. And this is on top of, you know, 560 some odd thousand students. So you see this like pressure on the system that has uh, come, uh, you know, from immigration and from uh, people having kids, uh, people moving to this province, and the government's kind of struggling to 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 deal with that over three years, like from last year until um, you know two years from now, we're looking at maybe twenty one thousand more kids in the school system. And just to put that in perspective, BC when it talks about creating new student spaces. It talks about creating 23,000 new spaces since 2017. So in six years, uh, and we're talking about another three years and, and basically kind of swamping that. And that's why you hear from 
the school districts uh, and the school boards that they are stressed, you know, stressed in Surrey, stressed uh, over here in Langford and in the, in the big growing areas. And that no matter how much money government keeps putting into this, um, it's a, it is, it is a big, big part of the government spending now. You know what gets me about that, Rob, is that whenever there is um, a downturn in the forecasts for students where they think, oh, not as many, we're not getting as many students, they think that's the way it's always going to be. And they start <laughs> right, planning right. for fewer schools. And I think, well, no, this thing is cyclical. At, at some point, these kids are going to come back and the population is going to grow again. Like, why do we always make the same mistakes? Well, remember, there used to be a policy in the Ministry of Education where they would build a new school and they would build it to the capacity of like then, like that yeah. moment in time. Crazy. And then school would open and it would instantly be, uh, you know, too full and they'd have to plan for another school. So, uh, you know, this government has changed that policy, which I think was good. You, you build a school with extra space because you're assuming that the space is needed. And even then the schools are full by the time that they're built. So yeah, it, but there was a time when we did have declining enrollment and that sort of got baked into some people's minds that you you don't give too much money to the school system. And then also under the last government, the acrimonious relationship with the BCTF meant that, you know, B, the BCTF uh, does a great job advocating for its members, but under some, you know, even this government, that can mean a kind of a tense relationship and government sometimes hesitates on doing certain things because they're part of the working conditions that the BCTF is, is, uh, is trying to negotiate. So uh, there is a teacher shortage, and we've been hearing that in the news. We don't know how many teachers there's a shortage of this year, because as the TF points out, we don't track that. Um, but we know that with the enrollment going up and government struggling to build enough schools that there are the 50,000 teachers we have aren't, aren't enough. So that, that's another pressure on the government. We're talking about back to school and the BC government. Now, Rob, you talked about teacher shortages there and you said the BCTF doesn't really track it. Well, who does track teacher shortages? Uh, nobody. <laughs> school districts check, track them individually. You know how many teachers they're short. and um, But it's not something that the the government tracks the extent that the teachers union wants and so that's one of the requests is to and they've been asking for that for a long time to to get on uh that data the the risk when you have a teacher shortage according to the the bctf i mean there are obvious ones but especially in rural and remote areas you end up using more uncertified teachers which is a kind of rare thing but increasingly common uh you know, for on call to help sort of fill vacancies when there aren't uh, simply aren't enough teachers and the teacher on call list uh, has already been hired to full time uh, teachers. So there is that issue. I mean, the government feels like it has done a fairly good job in trying to incentivize teaching. It's not that long ago that the teachers got a new contract. They voted 94 percent for it. Um, young teachers got an $8,500 increase in their salaries. Experienced teachers got more than 13000 You can Teachers have crossed the $100,000 pay threshold for the first time now, uh, and they got additional prep time and that type of thing. So the government feels like they did incentivize uh, to the extent that the teachers wanted some of the financial aspects of, of teaching, and they're hoping that you can get more teachers in and uh, increase the training seats, increase the international kind of credentialing and, and get them going. But if the enrollment continues to increase, like we were talking about, then the teaching staff has to increase with it. And that that pushes the education budget higher and higher and faster and faster. It's just like one more area where we can't keep up, right? Like we talk about family doctors. Mm -hmm. These things take years for us to see if if it's working. 
It, we, they, and I remember, you know, when I graduated high school uh, and, and some of my peers went off to become teachers and they finished their education and they couldn't get a job. You know, they had to get at the yeah. bottom of the on-call list and there wasn't enough positions because, again, that enrollment was not doing so well. And so it's hard to plan for the future sometimes when it, it takes so long to make a shift in the recruitment and the training, and yet the, the trends haven't been aligning in that direction. So that, it's a big challenge, and different districts are wrestling with it in different ways, and the government's trying to, to keep up with it, and they, they put money in, but you're right, it takes years to sort of balance that out. Okay, and the issue of building schools, I know, is going to come up here too, and have they committed more money to that? Yeah, the government has, but in its own service plan, it talks about how um, it is more difficult to build schools right now. And the premier was at the opening of a new elementary school in Coquitlam on Monday, the Coast Salish Elementary. And the issue that the government's having is, ironically, uh, a shortage of workers in the construction sector to build new schools, inflation, making it more expensive and, and pressuring its budget. So you actually see it um, you know, spending less on building new schools this year than it did in the previous year. And the plan is to ramp that up. Uh, and certainly, you know, government's going to be hearing from the school districts on that, especially in Surrey and other places where the government spends record money and it's still not enough. You have to think three, four years into the future and, and match those trends. So it's spending a lot of money. Uh, it's spending almost a billion dollars uh, in building actual schools in, in the next year, but uh, it is not enough. Uh, and it's not going to be done for two to three years. So it's a, it's a huge challenge. Remember, eliminating school portables in Surrey was an election yeah. promise that the government never even remotely came close to uh, at all. And no one it's like they're treading water, anymore. right? They're treading water. No, they're, they're building new schools, but there's so many new kids coming that essentially the number of portables is the same as it was like five years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And and now double-deckering portables is a threat in Surrey that uh, has become a political football, too. So it's a challenge. And I don't know if the challenge for the BC United is going to be, you know, coming up with a plan on education funding that is um, more aggressive than it was when it was in power. And when it was in power, it wasn't that aggressive at all. So it's a, it's a real challenge for the public to look at the two parties in the next election and figure out what exactly the difference is going to be when when it's such a hard uh, issue to tackle. I feel like this is such a huge issue, though, as you point out, in Surrey in particular, that, you know, we talk about Surrey being the balance and what really changed there in terms of that 2017 election. This was one of the issues that made that happen. So I feel like it's a tricky area for BC United, too. Yeah, it, it will be. Um, they. <laughs> They could promise to eliminate portables, I guess, but portables increased under their watch when they were in government. The NDP could promise to eliminate portables, but they haven't made a, any progress at all on that. Uh, so the promises for Surrey voters, uh, it's going to be a little tough to take, I think. Uh, and the best that you're going to get when you break down the two plans is that they're going to spend more money on education yeah. and it's probably not going to be enough. That's very, very true. Um, Rob, thank you. Before I let you go, we were just talking about the new school year earlier. We talked about grad pranks. Did you have a grad prank when you were in grade 12? I don't think we did. I don't remember that far back. It was those. You were, don't those remember that? You're not that old, Rob. Come on. <laughs> well, I, I know. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Uh, me no, thinks I don't that think you it. don't want to talk about it on the radio. That's what I, I think. I actually don't think we did, but I'll come up. I'll, I will cast my mind to that and come back to you tomorrow. Yeah. Anybody who went to high school with Rob Shaw, could you please remind no. him of the hijinks no, that he no. got up to in grade 12? Yeah. 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 I would I'll love to hear that. Know. Yeah. Please. Thank you for that, Rob. Okay. Take care.